I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran, and this week we have racer Dante Oliveira. But first, I wish I had good news about the industry and events coming up. Unfortunately, we don't. The good news I do have is Pit Pass Moto is sponsored by Moto America, the official AMA road racing series for USA, and it brings you the fastest motorcycles in the United States on the fastest tracks in the United States. Really looking forward to some racing this year. If you're into this sort of thing, which we know you are, that's why you're listening. You've got 10 race weekends, at least that's what we hope we're going to get out of this season with Moto America. We're going all over the country. We got Road America, Laguna Seca, Indianapolis, Road Atlanta, Barber Motorsports, you name it. We're going there. Any part of the country you live in, you're going to get to see a race. Moto America's put together a heck of a schedule so they can keep you entertained the entire day, entire weekend if you spend the weekend at the track like I do. Come on out, check it out, and check out all the action and schedule at MotoAmerica.com. This week's trivia question on Pit Pass is, what year did a motorcycle first use disc brakes on a production model? What year were the first disc brakes introduced on a production motorcycle? We'll be back with that answer in a little while. Right on Pit Pass today, we've got Dante Oliveira, works pro class racer. He races lots of other stuff too, and I'm going to let him talk to us about it. Dante, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing real well. It's a little icy and chilly in my neck of the woods, but uh, I understand you're out in California. Probably a little better, at least on the weather side. Is that fair? Yeah, it's pretty nice out today. You getting to ride a bunch, are you? the pool. Pool sounds wonderful, first of all. Are you getting to ride a bunch? Uh, California, as we all know, has tons of tracks up and down the coast. All the major SoCal uh, metropolitan areas have really good tracks around them. We know about them in the Midwest. We're jealous of them. Are they closed, or are they still letting you guys go out and ride when you want to? All the tracks are pretty much closed over here. I'm actually coming back from an injury. I fractured my sternum at um, the second round of the works series in Taft. And um, so I just came back from that, and my first ride was Saturday. So I just got back on the bike. 
Right on. I hope you're feeling okay. So you were racing in the works. Is it the pro champion or pro two champion class? Pro two class? No, I raced the pro class. Pro class. Got it. Sorry. I'm looking at previous records. So you finished that day. You mentioned Taft. You broke your sternum. Did you still manage to finish that race? I Yeah, I cruised it and I just limped it in. Ended up like ninth. Wow, that is uh, impressive. I've not, uh, if you don't mind, what was the, I presume when I hear broken sternum, I suspect you took a handlebar or a tree to the center of your chest. Is that roughly what happened? Just dug straight into the ground, gumming up over a rise. I went over the bars. I had a kicker on the top of the hill. You can just dove into the ground. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've recovered from that. That is a no-joke injury. How did your first ride go then? Pretty good. I just went out trail riding with some buddies, just easing back into it. No, but we're not racing anytime soon, so there's no rush to do motos or anything. So just enjoying riding right now. That's cool. And that, and that I guess, is where I was going with my question about tracks. Clearly, uh, it would follow. They've closed tracks because otherwise big groups of people would gather at said tracks. Trail, ride, trail riding, you can, uh, if you've got a place where it's legit and legal, you know, you don't have to be in a crowd. A couple guys on dirt bikes uh, are for sure keeping uh, the correct social distance between one another. Right. So uh, how much are you going to be doing a bunch more of that as you work out? I'm sure you're you're doing physical therapy and things to make sure you don't have muscle and structural damage. Uh is that going all right? Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm doing great. Healing's going awesome. Nothing to complain about. A sternum, that does not sound like, it, clearly you can't wear a cast, or did they did they put a wrap on you? I mean, what it was, was just the healing a, process? It was a fracture up through my right collarbone. Okay. It wasn't a complete break. Gotcha. So it was, we're talking collarbone, the traditional motorcycle type injury, collarbone being the most common motorcycle injury, as we all know. So it was just a form of that type of break. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're healing up. Uh, they clearly have not. Uh, we just, uh, we're all aware. The world's uh, in flux right now. Do they have any temporary dates in the future for you guys? Um, as you're, I'm sure the, the season calendar has been upended and is in a bit of a hold. Have they tried to announce anything at all? I think Works put up a kind of temporary like what they're going to be doing here in May, I think we're going to start back up. I don't know if they're 100% going to do it, though, at Mesquite. I think it's May, like, 20th or 26th. Right on. We're not well, hope, positive. Hopefully that happens. What other series are you racing in, Dante? Or were you planning to race in? The Work Sprint Heroes and National Grand Prix Series. And I do a bunch of just other races, whatever, like the Virginia City, the Dessa 100. That actually got canceled this year. I'm quite bummed about that, but I just do a bunch of other fun local races too. Those are off-road type races as well. Are they desert races? I mean, what's the race type on those? Yeah, off-road, like work style, then a little bit of like AMOS hair scramble. So like tree racing, District 36. Gotcha. So that's that all wood style. Yep, wood-style racing, single track. Uh, I do a little bit of motocross, too, in the summertime. Right on. A lot of off-road racers do. Get those, get those gate starts. I'm sure it helps. I ask anyone who's out in California because I so rarely have been there. I haven't ridden there at all, but I, did, I was involved with uh, 
our co-host Tony Wink a few years ago in a Baja 500 effort, uh, which we actually won. Again, congrats to Tony for doing that at the pro level. Do you do desert racing at all? Because California seems to be, or at least Southern California seems to be so arid. I would assume there's a lot of that going on, or is that not right? Yeah, I do a bunch of desert racing. A lot of the National Grand Prix are out in the desert. And it's um but most of the tracks are out of motocross track and then it's just a few miles out in the desert. But it's not true like trails. It's more of like a tractor. Gotcha. That's I mean, and I found that type of racing just so interesting. Um you know, the track is con track, if you will, where you're racing, I would assume it's changing all the time. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of different venues every weekend. That's cool. So what do you do for fun when you're not dirt biking, which you've probably doing, been doing a lot of uh, with your injury? I mountain bike. I like to swim, just hang out. Nothing much. I normally just stick to riding. Yeah, uh, mountain biking's an incredibly good uh, training tool, as we all know, for uh, for any type of motorcycling, be it motocross, off-road, anything. Mountain biking's a great way to do it, and you get your cardio as well. Are you on a pretty strict regimen of training? Where were you able to do any of it while you were injured? Yeah, I'm work I just started working with Jared Brecker through KTM um, about a month before Taft, actually. So that's been great. I've just been really working at that. My fitness has gone up a lot better. I think I'm in way better shape now than I was before my injury. I just have um, just a stable program now. Day to day, every day I'm working in the gym or out hiking on a bicycle ride doing something. So are you obligated to have a, a day job or do you, are you one of the fortunate guys who doesn't have to have a day job? Your day job is this. Yeah, I race full time. Right on. Well, first of all, congratulations. And how are things from a racer's perspective? We've, we've talked to every week. We talk to people in every aspect of this motorcycling world. I work at a dealership. We talk to promoters. We talk to track owners. You're the racer. How is this? I mean, is this having an, the COVID short of, of course, you're not going to a race this weekend or any weekend uh, immediately in the future. Has this affected uh, your your business arrangements related to your career as a racer? Not really. Honestly, it kind of helped me out because I got injured at the last round of works racing. Then I, I would have ended up having to miss the race. And then this happened, shutting everything down. So it gave me some time to actually heal up until everything died over. Yeah, so you're not losing a race in the championship chase, which, yeah, any racer would call that a good one. I couldn't have been there, so I didn't lose points. That's as close right. to a win as you're going to get when you're injured. Yeah. Right on. Well, so what else are you going to – I mean, how how old are you, Dante? I guess I don't know. I'm 20 years old. Right on. So you're you're new to this, and who are? What's the name of your team? I mean, are you uh, on a on a full size team? Or are you a solo rider on a team? I race for FMF Maxis RPM KTM. It's a factory support team, but also KTM helps me out a lot with my bikes. I have full factory bikes, and they support me at the works races and at the work sprint heroes also. Well, that is no joke. Um, 
KTM factory ride is quite honestly the best ride anyone could hope for and getting full factory support from those guys has just got to be how long have you had that kind of support Dante the KTM really kicked in this year and helped me out I can't thank Auntie enough for that that's just been this year right on so you're you're getting used to the 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 level of support that's clearly available to you now that you were just talking about the training level i can only imagine the they've got nutritionalists they've got everything the best mechanics obviously the best engine builders suspension guys congrats again to you that's i can only imagine just gives you nothing but confidence when you're ready to go to the race right right i have like the best of everything the bikes 100 percent. i don't have to worry about anything when i'm showing up just gotta line up and race are there uh, guys that you're training with in uh, your neck of the woods there in California on a regular basis? Or I know KTM's got a lot of guys in California. I just didn't know if you were hooked up with any of them. No, I ride with my brother, Mateo Oliveira. He races the Pro 2 class in the Work Series. Just me and him train together. Pretty heated competition, I would imagine. Uh, some of the fastest racers that we know are brothers uh, in the, the world, road racing and, and off-road. Just anywhere you look that is populated with brothers, and they tend to, yeah. if they make it to a certain level, they tend to really excel because they, they he's got to be your toughest competitor, I would imagine. Yeah, it's awesome. We can just do motos all the time just split up the track and then i catch him or whatever he starts by me and then i just vice versa that is so cool that you get to do that and i don't have to worry about anybody going to ride with my brother's always there Dante, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and we hope that you get a whole bunch of racing this year. We hope everyone does. Do you have any sponsors you want to thank? Uh, we wanted to give you a chance here before we uh, wrapped up. Uh, FMF Maxis, RPM, KTM, Auntie, Jared Brecker Fitness, and uh, everybody else. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, uh, Dante Oliveira, FMF Max's KTM racer. We look forward to seeing you out at the track this year, and hopefully you get to go racing soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. This week's trivia question on Pit Pass Moto was, what year did a motorcycle first use disc brakes on a production model? That's a production bike. And the answer is 1962, the Lambretta TV 175 Series 3 scooter. We're categorizing it as a motorcycle. We all know there were a couple of motorcycles later in the 60s that were very cutting edge with disc brakes, not the least of which was the Honda CB750, but they were beat to the punch by Lambretta, a wonderful company with a lot of history. So there's your answer, and thanks for trying. I bet you a bunch of people out there doing the face palms and thought it was the CB750. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of upcoming news, as we all know, other than watch the news. Maybe there'll be news, and hopefully we'll be telling you on this very show about where you can watch a race. So stick with us, and hopefully we'll have that soon. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. It means the most to us that you've listened to us. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where uh, you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And of course, make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Ed Camp, social media contributor Chris Bishop, our producer Leah Longbreak, and of course our audio engineer Eric Colt now knocking it out of the park. I'm PJ Doran. We'll see you next week on Pit Pass. Wash your hands. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.